0: Hi there, welcome to the podcast from On She Goes, a travel site for all women of color. I'm your host, Amina Tuso. Today we're talking about transitions, whether it's taking a trip between jobs like writer Gia Tolentino or exploring the world for a year like artist Maisha Gordon, travel often forces you to confront transition. And that can be scary. It can be uncomfortable, and other times it's just downright ridiculous. Stephanie Fu of This American Life sheds some light on that later. But to start, on she goes as our first international correspondent, Gia Tallentino heads to Iceland before starting her new job at The New Yorker. And I knew she just had to bring a mic with her.
1: <laughs> this is the most, this is the craziest, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. That's me, Gia Tolentino and my boyfriend, Andrew. We just got to the Glacier Lagoon. And we just, we just turned the corner. And We're in Iceland on vacation, a trip we booked because Andrew's friend was there on fellowship and I'll do anything to go anywhere that looks like the moon. Iceland's beautiful in that way, remote, stark, and wonderfully lonely. I was walking around like a pair of eyes attached to a nervous system and some fairly basic processes started to slip my mind. Hey Andrew, what just happened? We did the pants dance, we got some gas. Woo! What almost happened?
0: Uh, I actually think we did run out of gas. And
1: when did we run out of gas?
0: As we pulled up to the gas tank machine thing, guy. Right? <sighs> um, not to ruin this so you can possibly edit this part out, but, what? I will say that when this is in economy mode, and you're idling for a little bit, it does turn off, like it...
1: Oh, oh. But, but it It had just All gone of these to zero, were, we're
0: literally not there, yeah, yeah, so
1: like the 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 gas thing had literally dropped to zero., Whew. I should have kept track of every time Andrew tried to actually meet on this trip, but that's why we're good at traveling together. He's pedantic about details, and I'm more like this, so right now, I'm in the continental rift, so I'm in between North America and Europe, which I'm assuming means. No laws apply and I can probably murder someone in my tour group and there will be no lawful jurisdiction for it. It didn't mean that. I'm very disappointed because I just found out the obvious fact that the, the continental rift was about the continental plates and <laughs> not the actual continents. Yikes. I've done a lot of solo travel in my life, and I like it, but it's nice to have Andrew around to stop my truly dumb ideas in their tracks. (laughs) Oh, I just realized that my obvious crater metaphor is like, you know, shit, I almost fell down the crater. (laughs) Um, Maybe we all need to blow off some steam every now and again. It's it's too obvious. And for accent practice. I wish I had viped. Because vaping is sexy, am I right? Well, we would have we, lost hands. We'd be hands extremely un, unsafe. Extremely like, unsafe. Extremely unsafe if we vape before we get it got on our four wheelers. Vaping is
0: sexy, but not in a moment like these.
1: That's absolutely true. <laughs> and to ruin perfectly good songs.
0: Don't go chasing waterfalls. Nice. <laughs>
1: Because much of central Iceland is uninhabitable, you mostly get around via the ring road, which circles the coast. So we spent a lot of time in the car and a lot of time listening to Icelandic radio. And here's the thing about Icelandic radio. It rules. My favorite station played mostly pop rock from the last three decades, but would throw in an hour of Motown or 50s country or 90s hip hop, and then something like this. We're in the car. (laughs) <laughs> and Iceland is playing its own theme song. <laughs> <laughs> the schizophrenia of Icelandic radio was a nice mirror for the weather conditions, which shifted dramatically even though it was summer. Huge storms would open up, temperatures would drop, visibility would shrink to horror movie conditions. And all of a sudden, we'd be driving in a void. We are driving through the thick cloud that has been cutting all the mountains in half all day, so we can't see the top of any of the mountains around. And how many meters v- visibility would you guess that we have?
0: Right now it's a little more, but it just was probably 25 to 50.
1: Yeah, which is, which is crazy, so I can see the nearest rows of hills and maybe headlights of they're close, and then everything is disappearing. Um, what's your take on driving through a cloud?
0: Uh, it's scary as fuck.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty <Sorry>. scary. <laughs> but honestly, it's when Iceland was scary that I loved it the most.
0: That was the wonderful Gia Tallentino, everyone. She's a writer at The New Yorker. Make sure to read everything she writes. Let's hand the mic over to Melissa Valle for the three H's. Let's talk health. One thing that's important to women's health and often overlooked when we prepare to travel is underwear. I know, it's a taboo subject. We often consider climate when we're packing up our bathing suits and our jackets and and things like that, but we often neglect to think about underwear and how they relate to climate. For example, if you're going to a very hot and humid place, You probably don't want to pack those thick, silky, lace thongs. You want to stick with things that are breathable, like cotton or microfiber, some things that also dry very quickly as well. And this becomes key because you often don't have access to a washing machine abroad. You always want to be mindful that you may have to hand wash your unmentionables, or you may have to give them to someone else to wash, which I know for me is always kind of weird, but I've gotten over it and you will too. Melissa Valle, as always, helping us all be the best travelers we can be. Chances are that, like me, in the middle of a particularly bad day during that 9 to 5 grind, you've probably thrown your hands up and thought, I should just quit this job and travel the world for a year. And then you get right back to work. Well, you're about to hear from a woman who made that her reality. Maisha Gordon is a multidisciplinary artist and doctoral student who is traveling the world for a year. I caught up with her while she was staying in a hostel in Bolivia.
2: My name is Maisha Gordon, and I am an artist and an educator. A few years ago, I planned a trip to Italy, and I remember seeing a lot of senior citizens on that trip and just thinking how... You know amazing it must be to be able to you know travel now that you know you've gotten work and probably raising kids out of the way and um the more i started looking into long-term travel i was like i don't want to wait until i'm retired or wait until i you know get too too old and not as healthy to to be able to go upstairs and enjoy a long-term trip so I started looking into long-term travel and and seeing what people were doing. And the more I learned, the more I realized that it was was possible. And I I just started saving and planning and, and doing research and just thinking that if there was a way that I could do it, I wanted to do it now. How are you carving
0: out time to create art? It's not like you can travel with, like, a big easel or, you know, like, that kind of stuff. It's like, what does what your portable studio look like?
2: It is so crazy. So I only brought a uh, one carry-on luggage and a backpack. So what I did was brought watercolor, graphite pencil, color pencil, things that could be used on paper and dry quickly. But it's complicated because when you're in places, like, I don't know where I'm going to be you know, uh, three weeks out. Like right now I know where I am and I know where I'll be next week. So scheduling time to create is really difficult. Um, the last time I had a, a long session to create, I was at a bus stop waiting for a bus that I thought was supposed to come. I think it was at six and it came at like eight thirty or nine. So I just sat and drew are
0: any friends or family coming to meet up with you along the way on this year long journey or um, are you traveling by yourself most of the time?
2: For me, traveling solo is is one of the greatest things in the world. I mean, I love being with my friends and family, but it's
0: it's my it, favorite thing in the world. Yeah,
2: it's so freeing. And like you get up, you go do what you want to do, what you need to do. And there's no compromising. It, there's a lot of coordinating that is emotionally involved when you're traveling with other people so while i have talked to some of my friends and family and we we did talk about going places meeting up in places i don't know how much of that i'm gonna do
0: i love taking trips by myself and i think that especially i don't know like for me as a woman of color like the sense of adventure that has been possible with solo travel has been really it's been really eye-opening and really mind-bending in some ways where You know, you get to, you get to participate in this cultural thing that all of media tells you is kind of the province of like white men, you know, and there's not big narratives of like, you know, black women who travel alone or, you know, or or that kind of stuff. And I think that there's something just like so healing for me to be part, you know, to do that for myself at least once a year.
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's great. And even the things that you, you notice when you're alone, I think is different than when you're in groups of people. Like when I first started out in Brazil, um, I don't speak Portuguese, and I've been le- trying to learn um, both Portuguese and Spanish. And I think when you have to struggle to speak and communicate and navigate a different world, there's a certain challenge about that that is different from always being with people that speak your language and think how you do and, you know, come from similar backgrounds. Like, I think it creates an environment where you're, you're able to grow a little bit more um, so yeah, I think solo travel is something that that I hope a lot of people can can experience.
0: How did you go about saving for the trip? Like, did you have a specific financial goal, or you know, like did you start out with your own savings, or was this something that you really just saved for?
2: So I was pulling from everywhere. So my vacation, like, I, once I knew that I was going on the trip, I didn't take vacation anymore um, because my job they would get they would pay out the vacation. And I also used the the uh, 503b, which is the retirement savings. So I used that. So you decided to, when you were gonna go on this
0: long trip, that you were going to quit your job and like cash out some of your savings and cash out your vacation.
2: Exactly. So my vacation um, uh, payout, uh, income tax refund, and the 503b payout. Those were the three main sources. And I I made sure to do it that way because those were places that were already, like, I didn't see that. So it didn't feel like a hardship as much. But I did, once I decided that I was going to travel, you know, I cut back on things that I I would normally do, like eating out and small things like that.
0: In one sentence, can you tell me, like, why you think it's important that um, other women of color have these kinds of experiences.
2: I think it's important for anyone to be able to experience how other people live and to be able to be exposed to to other cultures and you see that your your world, your way is not the only way of living. Your culture is not the, you know, the only way to live. I think it's important that people experience other cultures on a deeper level. Beautiful. Maisha, where can our listeners find your work? Um, I started a blog um, and it's called maishaatlarge.com. It's M Y I E S H A at large.com.
0: Perfect. And I uh, can't wait to follow your blog and see what you're up to next.
2: Okay. I, I look forward to it. You take care. I think, where in the world is
0: Maisha Gordon, might just be my new favorite game.
3: And now it's time for Around the World with Anaya. This week, I'm talking about Nashville, Tennessee. It might sound cliche, but there really is nothing like Southern hospitality. When I'm feeling particularly nostalgic for that Southern childhood I never had here in Brooklyn, I like to hop down to Nashville. Here are three things that will have you feeling so down home while in Nashville. Head to Germantown for Monell's. This restaurant is like being in someone's dining room. Really, there's a fixed menu, you're at a communal seating of a dining room table, no cell phones, and the only rule is, you pass to the left. With course after course of yummy fried chicken, mac and cheese, biscuits, mashed potatoes, so much more coming out of the kitchen like at grandma's house, the hardest thing to do is to remember to pace yourself. Do wander Broadway in downtown Nashville, also known as Honky Tonk Highway, and take in the music. There's live music all day, every day in this city, appropriately called the Music City. You'll be in awe of how much talent there is out there. A visit to these bars is why I started to watch the show Nashville. Definitely keep your eyes open for some of your favorite musicians. This town has always been happening on the music scene, but with new restaurants, bars, clothing stores and galleries, Nashville is making itself a full-fledged cultural hub with many musicians opting to have homes here. A chance encounter with the photographer for one of my favorite bands in high school led to me hotboxing a hotel room with them later that evening. You just never know.
0: Okay, Nashville, that was Anaya Richards with the list of must-dos for Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for all your help, Anaya. This next story comes from This American Life producer, Stephanie Fu. Stephanie flew from New York to Miami a couple months ago, and because of a mechanical failure, she got stuck on the runway for six hours. Two days later, she flew back to New York and got stuck in Miami again for another 15 hours. While she waited for her plane to take off, she started tweeting at her airline, Delta, about her frustration. And her complaints turned into a full-on story in and of themselves. Here, she reads her tweets about the story of her epic travel delays.
4: Hour five and a half on runway at JFK. Am I going to fall in love here? Give birth here? Die here. Hour six on tarmac. And I've already had two daughters. One of them has a peanut allergy, and the other one is an Othello prodigy. Lillian often asks where she came from. I tell her I birthed her into a lukewarm bath of Sprite. Her first bed, an inflatable life vest. I wake in Miami.
3: We that all passengers remain seated with their seatbelt securely fastened. Lillian and Bridget.
4: Was it all a dream? I find a single Othello piece in my overhead compartment. I feel a deep ache. After keeping me on the runway six hours, two days ago, then canceling my flight tonight, Delta, you're asking for this story about my daughters. After birthing them on the plane, I'm raising them at the gate. It's tough finding nutritional food, but they have a lot of snow globes. Lillian's learning Chinese from the Air China stewardesses. Bridget reads Condé Nast Traveler and asks what an ocean feels like. Bridget's becoming a woman. I can't find a copy of Our Bodies Ourselves, but I buy her Danielle Steel from Hudson News and cross my fingers. Lillian's fallen in love with the Jamba Juice cashier. He brings her tamales from outside. He doesn't mind, she only wears Miami tees. Pritchett's been accepted to Vassar. Admissions liked her essay. Like a bull at the gate, a Delta childhood. I tell Lillian she needs to leave too, but she's afraid to leave me here alone. Besides, Antonia's been promoted to Jamba manager. I've had many lovers, mostly art dealers who pass often through Miami, but it's hard to hold on to a man when you only sponge bathe. In the time I've been here, I've missed my best friend's wedding and my father's funeral. But I've never missed an Anderson Cooper 360. No, 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 no. So on the one no, hand, right, four, but briefer. what, what the you're saying doesn't make sense. Saying... Lillian calls me from her new home. Silence had been hard for her at first. Sometimes she admits, I really miss Delta's acid jazz. Now I am old and spend most of my days in the massage chairs. I would have liked to feel grass on my toes one last time. The girls are here, holding my hand. I whisper, give me liberty. or. I'm giving you a Starbucks pumpkin bread, Mom, Lillian says. Welcome
3: to Delta Flight 59.
4: The plane is boarding. My friends have gathered to see me off.
3: Thanks for choosing Delta.
4: The guys from Duty Free, Security. The girls are sobbing with catharsis. Raoul from Baggage Claim is playing taps. I didn't know Raoul could play the trumpet. Maybe he found it in some unclaimed luggage. The Delta gate attendant smiles at me knowingly and says, have a safe flight. The gate cheers, the trumpet soars, and so do I.
0: When they saw her last tweet, Delta finally tweeted back. Woohoo! Exclamation point. Thanks for flying with us, Stephanie! Exclamation point. Happy face star signed AB. Again, that was Stephanie Fu. All right, that's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening to On She Goes, the podcast. Don't forget to check out OnSheGoes.com for more travel stories, tips, and inspiration. I'm your host, Amina Tussauds. On She Goes is produced by me and Barry Finkel for Pineapple Street Media in partnership with Sarita Wesley, Lizzie Harris, and Natalie Huzenga for Wyden and Kennedy Publishing. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman, Max Linsky, Emily Becker, Lindsay Mavis, Sarah Fink, Marmoset, and APM. Bye!